What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider. Um, I was coming back tonight anyway because CM Punk was supposed to return. Of course, he didn't. Who knows what the fuck is going on behind the scenes. It sucked, but at least I thought that SmackDown was fucking great. Real quick, just one AEW story. You know, I got to put them first because this is the AEW Insider. Uh, on Wednesday Night Dynamite, they had that female match, which I did, you know, give my review of. The girl's name is Shayna, or Shana. I believe it's Shayna. I'm not sure. Maybe Shana. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, she did really good with them. They liked her a lot, especially Cody. And they did sign her to a three-year deal. So definitely be on the lookout for her. All right, SmackDown tonight. If you've been following wrestling like we do, I would have reported earlier, but it was nothing set in stone, so I wanted to wait till SmackDown went off the air tonight, of course. But uh, those guys got to, the WWE got stuck in Saudi Arabia. From the reports, who knows if it's true, is that Vince McMahon, of course, hopped on his jet first and got the fuck out of there. But he didn't even know there was a big problem until he was already up in the air and on his way home. Uh, they all got stuck. He probably got about 12 or 16 wrestlers out and left 178 wrestlers and crew members in Saudi Arabia. Brock Lesnar himself said, fuck this, I'm hopping on a plane, and he got the fuck out of there. And then, uh, what you call, by the time those guys got back, SmackDown started, it was pretty much over. Kofi Kingston, about maybe 20 minutes ago, or a little bit more than that, announced that he just got back to the States. So then rumors were flying rampant that they were going to use some NXT stars. I didn't know what capacity, I know what I hoped for, and WWE did deliver. Uh, what you call it? Brock Lesnar opened the show. He said that he quit SmackDown, him and Paul Heyman. He's not going to be on SmackDown anymore, and he vows to appear on Monday Night Raw. So this is how you know that they're going to have Bray be champion on SmackDown, because SmackDown, a.k.a. Fox, wanted The Fiend bad, and they got him. But he won the Raw title, you know what I mean, that crown jewel, which was fucking awesome. But how's he going to be that champion and be on SmackDown and have Brock over there as the champion? So this is WWE's way of getting Brock with his belt on Raw so they can have a world title. And plus he gets to be close to his boy Paul Heyman. So it all works out for everybody. Uh, after that, Bailey defended her women's title. It was a lackluster match. Uh, Sasha Banks kept ear interfering the whole time until finally her interference did win. She pushed uh, what you call Nikki Cross off the ropes. That's who Bailey was fighting. Bailey got the three count. Out of nowhere, Shayna Baszler from NXT attacked Sasha Banks outside the ring. She walked right into the ring and she fucking destroyed Bailey. I love uh, what you call it, Shayna Baszler's new move. I only seen her do it twice. But she'll walk up to the opponent, she'll literally step on their knee, push up off their knee, and then kick them or knee them off the face. After she just pushed herself off their, off their body. It's so fucking awesome. Uh, they then had Sami Zayn talking smack about NXT, big time, backstage in an interview. Matt Riddle and Keith, Keith Lee just stood behind him and heard him. After that, Sami Zayn was kissing their ass, like, hey man, he used to call me the heart and soul of NXT, you guys are great. He said, uh, what you call it, um, he went to show them he has NXT shirt under his jacket, but it was just a blank black shirt. So then he swore that he left his shirt in the car. He was going to go get it and be right back. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle weren't here and that, so they followed him, of course. They wind up following him out to the ramp and out to the ring, and they both beat the shit out of him. They both hit him with their finishers, and the crowd loved it. 
Uh, the Miz was supposed to interview Bray Wyatt, but decided to interview himself instead. I'm not sure if Bray got stuck over there or not. I would assume he did because he is a SmackDown fucking, I mean, the SmackDown main guy, blah, blah, blah. But what you call it, um, instead the Miz is going to interview himself. As he started to do that, Thomas Ciampa's music hit. So, excuse me, Tommaso. So, Tommaso Ciampa came down to the ring. He pretty much said he's the greatest of all time. He said, this is supposed to be must-see TV, and you're supposed to be the most must-be superstar. He said, this is bullcrap, and you're everything that's wrong with, wrong with Raw and SmackDown. The Miz tore him up back and said, if you're here to make a statement, make one. And they challenged each other to a match. It started off slow, but picked up in the last two minutes. Ciampa hit him with his finisher, and he got the win. Uh, Daniel Bryant was backstage. Uh, he, he approached Triple H and the Heartbreak Kid, and he straight up had an attitude, like, pretty much, what the fuck are you guys doing here? What are you doing here? You're supposed to be NXT. They got into a bad exchange of words. And then Daniel Bryan pretty much said, like, I'll fight you, Triple H. Triple H got right into his face like he was about to do it. And he was like, oh, I forgot my gear, but I got somebody who'll fight you. And Shawn Michaels took off his jacket like he was going to fight him. He's like, oh, no, no, it's just a little hot in here or something shit like that he was playing it off uh so that was really really dope um what you call what was i gonna say after that triple h said i got somebody who's gonna fight you again and then it was adam cole bay bay the nxt champ and then what you call daniel bryan said that he wants a shot at that nxt belt and triple h agreed and so did adam cole so i was super slow for that because i'm a huge adam cole mark uh, next by maybe Carmella's music hit. She was about to take the stage. Uh, she was, her and her partner were going to fight Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, Fire and Ice. But her music kept playing and she didn't come out. The camera finally cut the backstage and the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair, was beating the shit out of her and her partner backstage. She picked uh, Carmella up and literally threw her over a bunch of fucking uh, equipment boxes. It was crazy. I'm telling you, what you call Bianca Belair is a beast. That chick is in such shape and she is strong as fuck. So Fire and Ice waited in the ring and they were watching on a Titan trial what was going on backstage. Out of nowhere, NXT's Rio of Ripley's music hit her and Tegan Knox came out to take on fire and ice Ripley said I hear you don't have any opponents so we'll help you out I gotta say man if people say one thing about here if people say the other I think really a fucking Rhea Ripley is so smoking hot that bitch is banging I don't mean bitch in a bad way I'm just saying uh, so, so so Sonia had Knox for a little bit outside Tegan Knox until Tegan Knox tossed her over the announce table and then Ripley tapped me Rhea Ripley tapped Mandy Rose out in the win. I can't even talk in the ring for the win. So so far tonight, like in official matches, NXT is up. Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole closed out the show. Uh, was for the NXT title, and it was a kick-ass match. In the in the end, my dog Adam Cole hit him with the Panama Sunrise, and then he followed it up with his finisher that that exposed knee to the back of the head, and he literally beat Daniel Bryan clean with a one-two-three right in the middle of the ring, and still your NXT champ. Adam Cole, baby. Then literally the almost the whole NXT locker room, even people you didn't see on the show, cleared out of the back and came to the ring. Triple H grabbed the mic and he was like a proud fucking parent for real. He was saying how happy he was, how proud of him, blah blah blah, and that pretty much you guys are on notice. He said at Survivor Series, it's gonna be NXT vs. Raw and SmackDown. Like, we're fucking here, motherfuckers. So, I mean, to me, SmackDown was great. It was like the old brand 
Alien Invasions, ECW, WCW. Fucking NXT was in the house whooping some major ass. It was fucking awesome. All right, peace. We're going to take a break real quick. I got some news. I got how the, the scoop on how come the Brock Lesnar-Velasquez match was so short. An announcement about The Rock. We got some Ryback news about how he feels what JR said about him. And plus, a bunch of bunch of shit went on backstage behind the scenes of Ring of Honor. So remember, check us out on all social media and all major podcasting sites. And on YouTube and Facebook, it's the AEW Insider. And on Twitter, it's the AEW Insider I'll be back with some really good news, peeps. Ciao. All right, peeps, we're back. Let's finish up this show. Like I said, it was revealed why the Lesnar-Kane-Velasquez match was so short. I thought it was because uh, Kane didn't have that much experience in wrestling, what have you. They didn't want to make it go too long so they could fuck up, you know what I mean? But come to find out that Kane is nursing a bad knee injury and he needs surgery. That's why it ended so quick as not to damage his knee anymore before he can get it fixed. Uh, the Rock announced that he will be making a movie about MMA legend Mark Kerr. I've been telling you about WWE's podcast after the bell. Well, it premiered a few days ago, and Steph McMahon gave her congratulations on the show being the number three sports show for that day, and I bet you it does place high for the rest of the week also. Uh, on the show, Corey did ask Seth Rollins about the fans' reaction as a lead to his online actions. He said, "If the fans don't like what they're gonna, what they don't like, or what you're gonna do, they're gonna say it good or bad." He said, "These are the same fans that were hating me at Hell in a Cell, but were cheering me on to take the beast Brock Lesnar's belt off of him." He said, "Wrestling's crazy anymore, and he does not get a lot of aspects of it because it's changed so much. So who knows?" Uh, some news, real quick. Ryback. I'm not a fan of Ryback at all, never was, you know what I mean? But I guess JR was talking some smack about him. I don't know exactly what was said, I missed that part, but Ryback did do an interview and he did respond to the topics. So being this is what Ry, Ryback had to say about being disappointed with JR's comments. He said, I was disappointed and I like Jim a lot. He clarified himself on Twitter that he just wanted my best and to see me fulfill my potential and realize my dreams. I like Jim Ross and there's no beef, but he just wasn't there for any runs, not any of it. I spoke with Conrad Thompson earlier and I said that if you're going to say that somebody has a bad attitude, which he was very complimentary to, and how WWE dropped the ball at the wrong place at the wrong time, but that I wasn't doing myself any favors and how I had a bad attitude. I don't know what the fuck he said there, but I read it verbatim. <laughs> uh, he talked about breaking his ankle while he was with Nexus. I remember that. Cause when he first came with Nexus, he used to wear, wear a vest like Stone Cold, and he had a cowboy hat. He was a big cowboy. When he came back, they turned him into Ryback. Uh, also about getting botched knee surgery, about suing the doctor over that surgery, and WWE threatening his job if he didn't drop the lawsuit. So this is what Ryback had to say. If that is what you guys want, then I'll work for my money, and everything was so good right then. See, I don't know what this fucking guy is saying. He said, I trusted them after they tried firing me after my ankle injury and having issues with Hunter. But I chose to trust them and believe that I could trust them. But once the statute of limitations went up, that is when all the games happened. I started losing seven straight eight pay-per-views in a row while I was in the top position. 
He said, Jim talks about a bad attitude. I had people in talent telling me I needed to fix the situation and I was too positive. I would always say that I would be able to overcome this because I thought that ultimately I was, it was all going to pay off. He said, I did nothing but put talent over at various points of my career when arguably you would say that it should have been for me, according to a large part of the audience. But never once did I bitch, never once did I try and go out and get the finished change. And again, a lot of this comes down to me trusting them and giving away the lawsuit money and then needing the money because I had no money. So that's fucked up, man. All right, and this is what Ryback had to say about putting guys over. It bothers me that JR went the, that route, despite not being there for any of it. I know he talks to people in WWE, but he's smart enough to know that I left with everything. They have working relationships with the Sportser, Bleacher Report, and those companies that had to put out all those bad things about me when I left, I, I had to have them taken down. Of course they are going to say that I had a bad attitude. Let's look at the whole picture where I fell off, uh, fell on my face against Mark Henry at WrestleMania. I went out, did my job, never complained. All the way to the point where I left. From contract negotiations as well as everything changing with Kalisto. I argue with anybody to watch those matches and act like that this is a guy who is not coming back the next night. So he's saying that he put Kalisto over big time. You would have never known. I went out there and did everything in my power to put Kalisto over. I never once fought in the back and tried to get the finish changed. He says the same things a lot over and over. Uh, that is when that is what you want me to do, then that's what I'll do. I hope this will get him over for and afterwards. But I would argue that I never had a bad attitude at any point while I was there. When I left, I told my truth about it. So if that's what you want to say as far as my bad attitude so fans can understand why I left to begin with, then so be it. So who knows? That dude just rambles the fuck on. All right. And finally, real quick, ex-WWE star and ex-WWE tag team champion Joey Mercury and Ring of Honor have parted ways. It happened a few days ago. I guess he didn't like a lot of shit that's been going on behind the scenes. He's a trainer at the Ring of Honor Dojo, and he went off on people. Here's some of the accusations that Joey Mercury is throwing around that's going on at Ring of Honor. Mercury accuses Ring of Honor of providing an unsafe work environment for talent, pointing out no security, no medical staff, no women on creative. It's the worst wrestling on or off TV. He claims that Shane Taylor will not be re-signed on January 1st, but Taylor had not been informed of that, which is fucked up. He just blew it up. He might get signed because of that. Uh, he accuses Gillian of not taking proper care of Jay Lethal after his arm was broken during a couple days ago, which I reported when PCO broke it. He reveals why Ring of Honor's relationship with Alex Shelley has fallen apart. He calls Gillian a liability who is inexperienced and unqualified to generate revenue in his field. He also accuses Gillian of taking advantage of Bandito. Ooh. He calls out Gillian and Ring of Honor for not implementing proper concussion protocol and accuses Gillian of allowing Kelly Klein to travel to South Africa to wrestle despite her having a brain injury. You know, he's going all out. He recalls treating Flip Gordon's elbow dislocation with the help of Bandito and Brody King instead of Ring of Honor providing proper care. So that's crazy. He's saying there's really no medical staff. And not only that, he's leaving up, they're leaving up to the wrestlers to help themselves. Fucking Flip Gordon. 
Gordon's a huge star now. He earned it. He got hurt a couple months back, and fucking Brody and friggin' what Bandito and fucking uh, Mercury had to take care of. Ring of Honor's like, sorry for you. That's insane. He said his shows proved that Gillian accuses Mercury of being high at shows and responds wondering why he wasn't given a drug test then, which is true. He accuses guys from uh, the general practitioners asking him for prescribed medications. He said, hypothetically, says the contracts of Taylor and Bandito expire on January 1st, while PJ Black's contract expires February 1st. And he recalls the Be A Fan incident with Bully Ray and criticizes Ring of Honor for not having security and putting Bully Ray in that position. So, I mean, I've covered a lot of this, what he said in past shows, like the Bully Ray shit, what have you, yada, yada. So, I mean, hopefully you get the gist of what I say. But anyway, shows, I mean, peeps, I don't mean to ramble on and all that. You know I love to get you guys the news. That's pretty much what I got right now up to date. I don't know how much I'm going to have for the YouTube show because I've been doing this so consistently, which I don't mind. But it'll probably be short this week. I'll definitely have to wait till Sunday to get more news up. But anyway, peeps, I thank you guys so much for joining us. The podcast is doing great. The YouTube channel is doing decent you guys are truly truly the best please check us out on all major podcasting sites plus facebook and youtube under the aew insider and on twitter under the aew insider one i will see you guys uh what you call at least sunday and tuesday with two new youtube videos and then next week right back to the podcast and i know i'll be doing some more in between and we do got aew's full gear coming soon up soon so i'm stoked about that all right peeps i'll talk to you guys soon as always i'm your your host Lee Benz, and thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider Podcast Edition. Ciao, peeps.